Here is another powerful message from New Vision Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. To hear the rest of this series and others, join us at newvisionlife.com. Let's pick up the gospel account of the resurrection in, in Mark's gospel, Mark chapter 16, uh, starting at verse 1. And one of the reasons why I chose Mark's gospel is because Mark uh, has a, a different perspective. He tells the same story, but he focuses on really sight, what was, what was seen. We're even going to hear some different dialogue in this story. So let's pick up. If you have your Bibles uh, there as you're watching, I hope you'll turn to Mark chapter 16. It says, When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint Jesus' body. Verse 2, very early on the first day of the week. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to shoot this at sunrise, because this story takes place at daybreak. Can you imagine this walk? Here are these women, and these are courageous women, because when everybody left, as Jesus is being tried and crucified, they stayed. When Jesus was being buried, they stayed. They weren't afraid. They saw where Jesus' body was laid, and so they took that rest on Sabbath, and then the next day, here they are, going to anoint Jesus' body for burial, someone that they love so dearly that all their hopes were tied to. Can you just imagine that walk early that morning as the sun is coming up, going to anoint a body, a body that had been mutilated in many ways, maybe even beyond recognition. What a difficult and grueling task that was going to be, but because of their love for the Messiah, that's where what they were doing. So very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb. And they ask each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance to the tomb? This is interesting. In all four gospel accounts, this is the only time we get an understanding of some of the conversation that these ladies had. They're walking to the tomb and they ask a question. They said, you know what? There's a massive stone there. There's no men to help us. And so how are we going to remove that stone? It's kind of like if you've ever headed off maybe on a, on a trip and you're going to stay at somebody's house and, and you're rolling down the interstate and you think, do we bring the keys? Because if you don't have the keys, you can't get in. But that doesn't stop them. Even though there was an obstacle, they continue to go forward. Even though there was a stone, they continue to go forward. But look in verse 4. But when they looked up, this is where Mark begins to pick up on sight and gives us this vantage point of what they were viewing. When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. It was an obstacle, but God had removed the obstacle. As they entered the tomb, they saw a, a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side and they were alarmed. Every gospel account has an angel there in the tomb. Don't be alarmed, he said. You're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified, and, and they knew that. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. So there's evidence of this resurrection. But go tell his disciples. I love this, verse 7. But go tell his disciples and Simon Peter. We're going to talk about that as we close. Why Simon Peter is called out. He, meaning Jesus, is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Now, let me just say a couple things today. The resurrection of Jesus Christ has the ability to change your sight, which sight is just seeing what's in front of you. Vision has, is the ability to see around the corner. Vision is seeing what uh, nobody else can see. The resurrection of Jesus Christ has the ability to really change your sight 
to vision. Now, here's an image I want you to think about. Vision is really a result of looking from inside the grave out. Let me say that to you again. Vision is really a result of looking from inside the grave out. And that's what these ladies did. They went inside the grave. They saw it was empty and they are looking out. You see, most of life, we look at our problems from the outside in and they look very dark. They look very difficult. They lack any purpose. And we, we tend to feel very defeated. That's what sight does. Sight looks from the outside in, but vision looks from the inside out to see this opening and to see all the purpose and light is coming in and hope is coming in. And that's what vision does. It brings hope into our life. And I think we need that today so, so desperately in every area of our life. But I want to just share a couple things just very quickly here this morning that resurrection vision will, will do. And, and I think they'll help you in your life. Here's the first thing. Vision really has the, uh, the, the, the potential to let you see obstacles as opportunities. Uh, that's what these women said. They said, who's going to roll the stone away? The stone that was in front of the grave was an obstacle. Now you have obstacles in your life. You have obstacles in your marriage. There's obstacles right now as you think about this, this coronavirus and its implications on your health or its implications on your business. So there are obstacles in our life everywhere. But you see, a person with vision says these, uh, these obstacles are ultimately going to be opportunities. And that's what happens here because God rolls the stone away. And I believe that's what God wants to do in our life in so many ways. You see, that's what a person of, of vision does. They don't just stop and see an obstacle. They see an opportunity. And I want to say today, even in the midst, let me illustrate it this way, even in the midst of this coronavirus, there are incredible opportunities. Some of you are watching this today because a friend invited you and shared this link and you're watching this today and this wouldn't have been the rhythm of your normal weekend, but all the circumstances, all the fear, just everything that you're thinking about with this coronavirus and, and the death that is, is taking place all over the world, it has shaken you and, and it's caused you to focus on, on maybe some things that you haven't focused on in a long time. You see, what is that? That's an opportunity. And so that's what vision can do. And here's what I want you to see. Because of the resurrection, every obstacle that you face in your life, God can use it as an opportunity. And, and that's what I want you to see today, because really a person of, of vision really anticipates victory. I want to say that to you again. A person of vision anticipates victory. And you say, well, man, Pastor Brady, what in the heck are you talking about, man? This just seems just kind of cheesy stuff that you're talking about here and these religious platitudes. I live in the real world. Well, think about this. If Jesus Christ was bodily resurrected from the dead. And isn't death the greatest fear that mankind has? It certainly is for me. And if Jesus Christ defeated death, how uh, many other things does God want to give us victory in in our life? You see, in everything. So a person of vision anticipates victory. They don't have to live a defeated life. So many people are living a defeated life because there's stones that are in front of them and they just stop because those obstacles kind of stop them in their tracks. But I want you to see today inside your marriage, inside your, inside your business, with your children, not seeing obstacles as much as seeing opportunities. Can I ask you a question as we move on? Are you right now in your life, are you anticipating victory? Are you living in defeat? Are you right now in your life, are you just looking at obstacles or do you see opportunities? I think the resurrection, this vision that he gives us, gives us the ability to see opportunities. Here's the second thing I would say to you. Vision sees beyond the natural. When these women went into the tomb, what did they see? There was an angel there. And so this is, this is a supernatural being that's there inside this, uh, inside this grave. And so it's an important thing. Mark chapter 16, verse 5, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side and they were alarmed. Of course we're alarmed when we think about the supernatural. 
uh, but, but it exists. And this is such a fascinating thing. And I want to illustrate it this way. One of my, one of my favorite stories in, in the Bible takes place in, in 2 Kings in the Old Testament. And so here's what's happening in this story. Let me illustrate this. In this story, the army of Israel is in battle with the Arameans. And the, the general of the army of the Arameans is so frustrated because every time he moves his army to attack the Israelites, the Israelites are one step ahead of him. They know exactly where he is. And so the, the king is furious. The king of Aram is furious. And he goes to his people and says, who's the spy? Who keeps telling them where we're going? And they say, nobody's spying. That we, there's not a spy among us. Here's what's happening. There's a man of God, a prophet, Elijah, and God speaks to him. He even hears, king, what you say inside your bedroom. And he that's why they're anticipating this. They know every move we're going to make because of this man of God. And so the king of Aram says, well, let's go to him. And so he says, where is he? And, and they say, he's in Dothan. And so they make their way there uh, to kill Elijah. Now watch this story. I, I want to put this uh, up on the screen. Second Kings chapter six, verse 15. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning. So here's Elijah's servant. He wakes up early. He gets his coffee and he walks out on the front porch and he's stretching and then, whoa, he looks around him and, and look at what he sees as he's stretching. He says he sees an army with horses and chariots and, and they've surrounded the city. That's the Arameans. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Now listen to Elijah. Here, uh, here, listen to Elisha. Here's a man of vision. Here's a man who understands there is more than just the natural. There is the, the supernatural. He says, don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are, who are with us are more than those who are with them. What's he talking about? Well, you're going to see it again. But I love that. He says, hey, don't be alarm. Don't be freaked out. Those who are with us are greater than those who are with them. And I want to say that today. That is true for every single one of us who claims the name of Jesus Christ as our Lord. Those who are with you are greater than those who are with them. This is the supernatural uh, element. Now look at verse 17. And Elisha prayed, and this is my prayer. I prayed this very early this morning for you and for myself. Listen to what Elisha prays for his servant. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. That's what I'm praying for you this Easter, that you would have vision to see beyond the natural and all the difficult things and all the frustration and all the fear and to begin to embrace the supernatural that God is at work here and those who are with us are greater than those who are against us. And that's what a person of vision does. A person of vision sees the supernatural. N number three, let me say this. A person of vision, um, their vision isn't dimmed by doubt because doubt really attacks our sight and doubt attacks our vision and doubt attacks us in every single way. And many of you are struggling with doubt right now because you're thinking, God, where are you? If you were loving, why would we be going through this? Uh, I may be uh, going to lose my business or all these difficult things are happening. I have loved ones who are sick and people could lose their lives. Where are you? And so doubt creeps in and in our lives all the time. But a person of vision isn't really, isn't dimmed by doubt. In other words, the resurrection really even changes how they view doubt. Here's what the angel says to the ladies. And she says, the angel says to the ladies, she says, Jesus has risen. See the place that they have laid him. And then he, and then he goes on to say, he's risen just as he told you uh, that he would. You see, spiritual vision allows us to see our doubt 
through the lens of the resurrection. Spiritual vision allows us to see our doubts. Listen, you're going to have doubts. I'm going to have doubts. They're, they're never going to go away. But what I want you to be is a person of vision that sees your doubts through the lens of the resurrection. And, and let me say this. I believe the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the most verifiable miracle in all of the scripture. And there's a reason for that, because if this is true, if the resurrection of tr is true, it changes everything. And the resurrection is true. And you might say, well, you know what, Pastor Brady, well, why do you believe that? Well, here's why I believe the resurrection is true, because Jesus predicted it over and over again. You say, well, well okay, well, what else? Because the Old Testament prophets predicted it. The scripture is full of predictions of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because the first eyewitnesses to the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who were they? They were women. Every gospel account has the women as the first eyewitnesses. And we've talked about this multiple times at New Vision, but think about it. If you were going to fabricate a story, if the resurrection of Jesus Christ was a hoax, you would never have as your eyewitness in a first century culture to be women. They weren't, uh, nothing that they said was true trusted uh, in, in kind of a legal sense. So if you were going to fabricate a story, you wouldn't have your first eyewitnesses as women. I think about those who would have been behind the hoax. If the resurrection of Jesus Christ was a hoax, why in the world did 10 of the 12 first disciples, the apostles, the ones that would have had to been behind it, they died for what they believed was true. If it was a lie, let me just ask it to you this way. Would you die for something that you knew was a, was a lie? Absolutely, I would not. But they all did. Why did they sacrifice their life? Because they knew the resurrection of Jesus Christ was true. Now, I want to say this. We haven't talked about this before. I hear people say this all the time. They say, yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, I love some of what Jesus teaches, Pastor Brady. Like, he says some really cool stuff. Like, uh, like I love about Jesus that, that he hung out with sinners. Like, he associated with them. And he taught us to love. And he taught us to forgive. And that Sermon on the Mount is pretty cool. And, and so I, I get that. I just don't believe the supernatural. Well, let me, let me just tell you this. This is an important important thing. Everything you appreciate about Jesus came from people, was penned by people who believed that he rose from the dead and who said, if the resurrection of Jesus Christ is not true, then everything else that is written here is, is false. In fact, just about every single wedding uh, that I go to, uh, someone will read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It's a great chapter. It's written by Paul. It's a, it, people refer to it as the love chapter. And people say, well, man, I, man, I love that. I love that, that God teaches us to love. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy. First of all, what Paul is teaching in a first century culture about love inside relationships is totally different different from anything anybody else taught because relationships in a first century culture valued honor and retribution. And Paul says something totally different. And so Paul has a whole new understanding, a whole new framework for, for love. And you say, well, I love that. See, that is so cool. But listen, Paul believed in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Paul said, if the resurrection of Jesus Christ isn't true, then you throw everything else out. So listen, if, if you don't believe in the resurrection of, of Jesus Christ, Quit using 1 Corinthians chapter 13 in your wedding because it does, doesn't make any sense. So here's what I want you to see. That every obstacle, every doubt in my life can be seen through the lens of the resurrection. And this is verifiable. This is true. This is why we're doing this today. This is why we're celebrating. This is why people are celebrating all over the world because the Son of God stepped out of the grave and gave us victory in every situation. And so I want you to be a person of vision who understands that and sees your doubts through the lens of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Lastly, let me say this to you. I think vision, and I, that's what I want you to be. I want you to be, I want myself to be, my son's here watching this morning. I want him to be a man of vision. But what is that? It's different from sight. 
It's different from just seeing what's right in front of you. A person of vision has the ability to see around the corner. A person of vision has the ability to see what no one else can see many times. And here's what vision is lastly. Vision gives us confidence in the future because we know this, he's already there. This is an uncertain time, isn't it? It's a completely uncertain time. And every day when you turn on the news, we're just bombarded with so many fears about the future. But, but a person of vision isn't paralyzed, isn't fearful about the future. Why? Because they know that their Savior is already there. And you say, well, well where are you getting that? Take a look at how this story closes. Look back at verse 7 again, Mark chapter 16, verse 7. The angel says, but go tell his disciples, tell of this resurrection and Simon Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. You know what, what his angel said? He's already there. He's ahead of you. He's in Galilee. So go there. Tell the disciples Jesus is already there. Can I tell you something? The tomorrow that you are fearful of, can I give you some good news? He's already there. He's already present in that. And a person of vision understands that. They can see around the corner because of this God-given vision they have. Having vision doesn't mean uh, you know the future. It means you know who is present in the future. Having vision doesn't mean you know the future. It means you know this. You know who's present in the future. And if he's present in the future, that gives me peace right now in the presence. Do you see this? Do you see how the resurrection of Jesus Christ can give us vision in our life? That these obstacles can become opportunities that we can see in our in our own life that there's something beyond the natural there is this supernatural uh, that we can see in our life that the resurrection of Jesus Christ believe in this belief in this resurrection of Jesus Christ is the lens that we can see every single doubt through that's what vision is and finally it gives us some peace about the future because we know he's already there can I close with this today I thought Nick's spoken word was really cool as he shared the story of the, of the blind man. You see, here's why this story is, is so important. We're all born blind. Every single one of us in our life are born blind. And you, mean, and you say, what do you mean by that spiritually blind? You see, we're, we're born uh, without any vision. We're, we're, we're born just with a desire to please ourselves, to live for ourselves, to sort of be the king of our own empire. And, and, and we're born really rejecting God's will and rejecting God's authority. And it isn't until Jesus comes up to this blind man, and, and this is maybe for some people kind of a little bit graphic, but he makes a noise as he begins to spit in his hand. And why is he, why is he doing that? To let the, let the blind man know that he's going to do something to his eyes and it prepares him for this. And so the blind man has to bring a measure of faith to trust what Jesus is about to do. And now he's going to receive his sight. And I think that's where you are today. You're in a situation, some of you, that all of your life, it's really been focused on you, your circumstance, your situation your will first. It's a rejection of God at every turn, but somewhere along the line in, these, in this last month, as your world has turned upside down, uh, there's a longing for more. You know there has to be more. You need more. You need some hope. You need some purpose. You need some meaning. Uh, you need forgiveness. And that's why Jesus came. And He wants to give you sight. He wants to open your blind eyes. You know, I love what He says right at the close. The angel says, go tell the disciples and Simon Peter. Why does He single Simon Peter out? 
because it was just a couple nights before Simon Peter, who was so bold and the leader of these apostles, tells Jesus that he would never deny him. And that very night, he denies Jesus three times to a servant girl as Jesus is arrested. And so he has rejected God, rejected God, and rejected God. And now Jesus wants to go back to him and he wants to reinstate him. He wants to forgive him. Isn't that amazing? That's our story. We're Simon Peter. We've rejected him time and time again, but Jesus is seeking us to reinstate us, to give us sight. And maybe this Easter 2020, you're embracing a new vision, God's vision for your life. Would you let him forgive you? Would you let him give you sight? And not only sight, but would you let him grow as you trust him so that you could have vision? Would you pray for me as we close this service out? Some of you maybe even listening right now would say this, Lord, would you open my eyes? I have been blinded to just live for me all of my days and it is not working. I'm done. I'm at the end of my resources. I'm overwhelmed with fear and anxiety and I need peace. Jesus, if you can bring me peace, if you would forgive me, if you would reinstate me, would you come in and open my eyes? Would you pray this with me with your heads bowed, maybe even right now? Jesus, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Lord, thank you for the resurrection. It changes the rules in life. And today, I would ask you, Jesus, to forgive me of my sin. Give me sight. Help me to see things that I've never seen before. Lord, I trust you as my Savior. I trust you as my Lord. And Lord, I pray that you would open my eyes and give me vision so that I can see around the corner and have the hope that you want to bring into my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this message, we'd like to invite you to one of our Sunday morning services. We meet at 820, 940, and 11 a.m. If you would like more information or would like to watch or listen to more of our services, please visit us online at newvisionlife.com. This broadcast is brought to you by New Vision Baptist Church, where our mission is guiding people to lives of gospel transformation.